The following program is a paid advertisement. The broadcast of this program does not represent an endorsement by WHLG-FM or Horizon Broadcasting of the products or views expressed herein. The following show was pre-recorded. Good morning, Florida. Your host, John Wilkinson of The Financial Truths. I'm in the studio today with my guest, Samara. She is a consumer protection attorney. I have been using her for many years now when it comes to credit violations. Uh, she is a FCRA, which we call the Fair Credit Reporting Act. I call her an expert in the field because she knows it a lot better than I do, for sure. So thank you uh, for being on the show today, Samara. Oh, thank you. Thank you to your audience. It's awesome. Okay, Samara, so today we're going to be talking about, you know, there's all kind of violations that you see on the credit reports. There's violations that collection companies make. Um, We see, you know, from, you know, contacting you outside of particular hours that they're not supposed to contact you regarding, um, according to the Fair Debit Collections Practice Act. Um, So that could be via email and things of that nature. So we're going to discuss and dive into a lot of these uh, different violations and what to look for. Um, So take it away, Samara. Well, um, yes. You know, uh, don't sell yourself short, John. You really are an expert, and I've used you in the past as an expert. So it's important that people realize that you really do know how to help people that are in financial difficulties and help them recover their, your, their credit. Yes. Uh, I guess what I'd like to start with is, is that there's people out there that have poor credit and there's people that have good credit. And where that difference lies is a matter of opinion. But either way, you can have errors on your credit report. And one of the errors that happens a lot is information that's false or inaccurate. And they go both ways. And so I am in the business of filing lawsuits with against Equifax, Experian, and TransUnion to correct consumer credit reports. And, John, I thank you because um, it's important that people realize that they have rights and they can be compensated for the damages that they suffered as a result of those errors. Yes, consumers have a lot of rights, not only for the federal rights, but they have state rights on top of that as well. I mean, there's there's so many, you know, we have the Fair Credit Reporting Act, which governs your credit bureaus. You have the Fair Credit Billing Act, which governs your original creditors. Uh, The Fair Debit Collections Practice Act, which governs your collection companies, which is your third-party collection companies. Um, Then you have the Servicemen Civil Relief Act, I believe how it goes, for active military. And then, of course, you know, there's a lot of state rights, depending on what state you're in as well. You're right. Uh, The key two statutes that we use the most is the Fair Credit Reporting Act and the Fair Debt Collection Practices Act. Yeah, so for the Fair Debt Collections Practice Act, I really like that one because I... (laughs) We see so many violations from third-party collection companies all the time. If it's not putting the mini Miranda on the bottom of the uh, collection letter, if it's not um, putting a uh, language in there, something about we're going to possibly file a lawsuit when they're outside of the statute of limitations, uh, things that are like on top, you know, on the envelope itself. 
I talked to one attorney, a consumer protection attorney, where the collection company actually stamped on the front of the envelope, uh, hold a hand with the man upside down, shaking him to get the change out. Wow. <laughs> it was crazy. So on the envelope itself cannot show any that it's coming from a collection company. So there's, you know, there's different violations that, you know, we're going to discuss here. But the first and foremost thing is what? Reviewing the credit report, correct? I would agree with that. And it's important to understand that if the violation is found, the consumer is entitled to up to $1,000 in damages. Plus, you can negotiate having the debt forgiven and having it deleted. And that's how we get a lot of people's credit uh, erased and corrected. Yeah, so there's a lot of different violations. I mean, from medical co- uh, third-party collection, medical uh, collection companies to your standard uh, midland funding is usually pretty good about you know co- uh, covering their you know not making violations. But there's a lot of them out there that continuously pop up. Um, so the way they really make their money is they're buying the debt pennies on the dollar. And then they're trying to collect for you for the full amount. And so when they make the difference from what they paid, well, that's how they make their profit. And if they do not collect, then they can either write that off as a bad debt or, of course, sell it to the next collection company, which can report it on your credit. Right. But remember that only one can report the debt at a time. And I see that as a violation, too, where two debt collectors are reporting the same debt. Excellent point. So so what she means by that, if you see, you can see the same debt, but the way it goes is when it's sold from one to the other, the other one has to stop reporting the debt, and they have to zero out the debt because they no longer own the debt anymore, and they can't continue updating that particular account to say you don't owe zero or don't owe anything because they don't own the debt anymore. And so the next uh, company that owns the debt will start reporting you know, from the date they bought the debt, you know, and report whatever the balance is and so forth. But they cannot report exactly at the same time, and they cannot overlap those dates. Wrong or right, uh, Ms. Samara? Absolutely. Absolutely. And um, in a way, we call it reaging the account. In other words, you, you stopped paying in 2015 or 2017, and they put it as you stopped paying yesterday. And as if you're just, uh, they just got the collection yesterday and they can't do that. Right. So, yeah. So I, we've even seen where they actually backdated the default date or, I mean, sorry, moved it forward. So it wouldn't fall off the credit, you know, for the seven year mark or whatever. So uh-huh. they're trying to change the default date on there as well. Right. Yeah. And so let's, I, we, go ahead. We've seen everything. They're in the business of harassing people to get paid. That's how they work. That's their business model. The more they harass, the more they see cash. Yeah, so let's talk about the harassment, all right? So give me some harassments that would be considered a violation of the Fair Debit Collections Practice Act or even state laws. Constantly calling you when you've told them not to call. Um, Two parts. If you tell them to cease and desist and they continue to contact you, whether in writing or by telephone, that's a violation. And then there's the constant harassing, which what is constant? It's a reasonable person standard. But basically, we've seen cases where they call three, four, five, six times a day 
and they don't respect the the hours sometimes that falls into another violation i mean there's a there's a list of violations out there uh against these uh debt collectors who are in the business of collecting debt so they try to circumvent how they accomplish that and what i mean by that is that they'll call from a phone number that's not related to the business of midland funding for example we've seen everything Right. So these are what we're going to look at is the different type of violations and get this known to the public of what to look out for when it comes to your consumer rights, everybody. So another one that you really pointed out to me and that you see a lot of is the rolling 120 day lates on the mortgages. You want to talk about that one? Well, yeah, I mean, and they tend to happen when you have stopped paying. So you stop paying, let's say, in July of 2019. And suddenly you're 120 days late, five months later, which is November. And then in December, 121, 120 days late. And then in January, 120 days late. And you see 120 days late repeating itself for even up to a year, two years. And that's not allowed because you can't be 120 days late unless you made a payment. At some point, right. So, so if so, if you made they, a payment that month, then you know you'll be on top. You know you'll still be 120 days late, but you, um, but going to next month if you didn't pay, you're supposed to go to what 150 and then 180. Then it's supposed to be charged off, and so in order to continue the account as active, they don't charge it off because the minute they charge it off, and this is the key, the the trick is. The minute they charge it off, the clock starts, and they have seven and a half years to report it on your credit report. The seven and a half, the half is the six months of 30 days late, 60 days late, 90 days late, 120 days late, 150, and then 180. And then at that point in time, they have seven years to report it. Right. So then the Fair Credit Reporting Act kicks in because it's really a default. But my understanding is that really you're defaulted on a mortgage at 120 days, really going to like a foreclosure, pre-foreclosure status. But you're telling me at really 180 is really where the uh, credit bureaus are looking at for the default or the seven-year mark starts. Well, let's keep this into account. If you're 120 days late and, and, you're, and your argument is, oh, I should be reported 150 days late, that's not really a lawsuit. I mean, they kind of did you a favor. Right. But the reverse is also not a great case. If you're saying, oh, I should, I should only be 120 days late when I'm actually 150 days late, you know, when it should have, you know, it was whatever, the reverse then that also can get complicated because we have we have to prove sometimes damages for violations under the Fair Credit Reporting Act, while the Fair Debt Collection Practices Act is more of a strict liability and you're automatically entitled to statutory damages up to $1,000. Okay, everybody, you heard it here. We're going to take a quick break, but you heard it here from Samara, the consumer protection attorney. This is John Wilkinson, your host with the Financial Truths, and we'll be back. The
The Fish Florida Association is here for you during these difficult times. When you join FFA, they'll work together with you to help your business with exposure, promotion, advertising, marketing, and services that will save your company hundreds, if not thousands of dollars for just a $199 setup fee and $19.95 monthly service fee. To join, just go to fishfloridaassociation.com or give them a call at 561-900-4283. Hey folks, this is Captain Terry here to talk to you about Hooked on Heroes. Hooked on Heroes is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. 100% of donations go to take veterans on fishing trips. Hooked on Heroes takes 250 to 300 veterans on one-day fishing trips twice a year. You can donate to this great cause through their website at hookedonheroes.com or call Ron at 386-364-9589. That's Ron at 386-364-9589. They need your help getting rods and reels and leader and other fishing items for these fishing trips all the veterans at hooked on heroes want to thank you in advance for your support during these difficult times the national single parents resource center has expanded to help anyone who would like to get the facts to deal with everyday challenges especially during this pandemic if you or someone you know needs a caring and compassionate ear or someone to talk to please reach out to our vendor coach judy who has been honored nationally for her work in coaching please give her a call at 561-441-8557 or visit her site at coachjudy.info Thanks much to our sponsor, New Concept Lures. They hold over seven U.S. patents, and all lures are unique in design and American-made. You can even have custom lures made to meet your needs. Visit New Concept Lures at newconceptlures.com, and you can also find them on the Fish Florida mobile app. When I was little, I didn't talk for a long time. I liked things to always be the same. Anything new or different would scare and upset me. I was very sensitive to lights and sounds. It was almost like I had bigger eyes and ears than everyone else. So I built secret hiding places where nothing could get in. I didn't like looking people in the eye. It made me feel uncomfortable. I'd throw big tantrums over little things like when my socks didn't match. Sometimes I'd do the same things over and over. Until one day, I found out I had autism. My family got me help. Slowly, I learned how to live with it better. You can see signs of autism in children as young as 18 months. Early intervention can make a lifetime of difference. Learn the signs at autismspeaks.org signs. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. Over the years, you've brought them into your home. You were prescribed opioids after the C-section. When Dad injured his back. When your basketball star tore his ACL. Opioids helped with the pain, and you held on to them, just in case. But did you know holding on to unused opioids puts your family at risk? Opioids are powerful, pain-reducing prescription medicines. But most people who are prescribed opioids don't finish their prescriptions. So millions of unused opioids are sitting in homes across the country. And tragically, more than 100 Americans die every day from overdoses involving opioids. What can you do to protect your family? Remove the risk of unused opioids from your home. Pills, patches, or syrups in drawers, purses, and cabinets. Anywhere they might be hiding. To find out how to dispose of them properly, visit www.fda.gov slash drug disposal. Good morning, Florida. John Wilkinson, your host of the Financial Truths. 
We are in the studio today with my friend and consumer protection attorney, Samaro. We were just talking about, just to give everybody an overview of what we were discussing, anybody that just kind of tuned in to us, uh, we were discussing violations when it comes to your personal rights on your credit report. All right? So there are federal and state consumer rights that you have Right. When it comes to your credit. So we was talking about the different types of violations. Right. So we were discussing about the 120 day rolling late on your mortgage, even though you quit paying because they don't want to show it as a charge off to start that seven year mark for it to drop off. So they keep just rolling it and showing a reporting as 120 day late ongoing. All right. So and then so we're going to jump in some different types of violations, such as, you know, uh, Ms. Samara had mentioned earlier about, you know, the collection company or creditor calling you and harassing you and calling you and calling you and calling you three, four, five, six, seven, how many ever times a day, just blowing up your phone, right? So this is a violation as well, according to Samara. So go ahead, Samara. What are some other violations such as that? We had talked about, like, uh, receiving an email outside of the hours according to trying to collect on a debt according to what they call the Fair Debit Collections Practice Act. Well, yeah, I think it's important to establish that they have a certain time period that they can't call you. For example, Sundays they're not allowed to call. And if I remember correctly, I think it's uh, after 8, 8, they can't call after 9 a.m. They have to start calling around 9 a.m. and and keep regular hours until about 8 p.m. I mean, if they're calling you six times at 801, 802, then it, it falls into the other category. So there's more than one violation. The other thing is they have to disclose the original creditor, for example, if it was Capital One, if it was Bank of America. And sometimes when they leave these messages, they just leave a message of this is ABC debt collector calling you, and they don't dis- disclose what it's in reference to, and that can be a violation. Okay, so how about that? You know, they're leaving a message saying this is ABC Collection Company. Now, from my regulation, that is a violation because if you don't leave your like uh, name on the voicemail or they never confirmed you with that phone number and they leave that message on there, they're not actually verifying that it's you on that phone number. And so, therefore, they really can't identify themselves as a collection company. Is, is that correct? Yes, because anybody can hear that in the family. So it's not private. How do you know that the number they called and left the message at is private? And that's an issue. Right. You well, well, what if it's your privacy? Exactly. What if it's their employer, you know, and uh, it's their line to their employer or something like that, and uh, they leave the message and the employer hears it? I actually had a case like that, and the employer, the one who called me and wanted to rep- me to represent the employee because she was being harassed at work. So she knew me, and she says, I, I want you to represent my employee. So, you know, it just depends. Some people can get fired for it, and some people, they need to, they need to tell people so that they can become informed on their rights. Exactly. So I would think the first thing, if you know you have a collection company contacting you, right, and you know how to, you know, get in contact with that collection company, such as their address, you know what, you can Google online or whatever, right? So send them a letter saying, hey, do not contact me 
you know, between, I personally like the hours between 9 a.m. and 8 a.m. Don't contact me between those hours, hence the Fair Debit Collections Practice Act, because it's very inconvenient for me uh, for you to contact me during. So please don't. And then cease and assist as well. And so I think that would probably be the first step, maybe even since certified. What, what would you suggest there, Ms. Uh, Samara? Well, what I would say is if you're going to send, I mean, let's look at where we're at in, the, in this country right now and put probably the entire world. We're in a recession. We may not want to say we're in a recession, but the way the economy is being prepped up, and I'm not talking politics, I'm talking just the facts, is that is based on the money that has been spent by the government and giving out unemployment benefits and things of that nature. So it's like the economy is being kept alive artificially. So the question becomes is if you're having financial difficulties, you need to look at what credit cards you're going to pay and what you're not. And you need to see what what you're going to use as your goal as far as your credit. Uh, if you're having difficulty paying your bills, send a certified letter and saying, I will contact you when I have money to settle it. Now, isn't because uh, of the COVID, I believe the federal government mandates that the creditors use reasonable, um, I, I guess they have to work with you in a reasonable manner, is how they kind of really state it. it. Did you hear about that one? I've heard about it. And look, let's be honest. The companies that lend credit don't lose money. Um, the fact during the 2008, 2009, 2010 crash that we had, over $40 billion went to Discover Financial Services. I'm not making that number up. So that, to me, says it all. It's We have to look out for the little guy. Exactly. So this is why we put on this radio show, everyone, to look out for the little guy. Myself, I'm a little guy as well. I'm only 5'6", but no, just being serious, uh, you know, I'm a civilian as well, no longer in the military. And, you know, we always we have to look out for each one another because I find that the government is going to look out for the government before they look out for you, the, 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 the civilians, the citizens of the country. You know, um, they're kind of artificially doing, the, like uh, Samara said, the stock market and everything else. Um, so let's talk about some more violations when it comes to the credit as well. So we had this particular case. You know, we can't name names or anything like that. But I get this case to Samara some time back, um, this great old couple that uh, I had been working with. And she had, a, I believe it was an auto lease on a car, and she paid the extra money to, you know, make sure that when she turns it in, if there's any damages, that extra gap insurance or whatever it's called, um, they recover it, right? And so she turns the vehicle in. They say, oh, you're good to go. You're good to go. And she leaves. I think she uh, wound up leasing another one or something from the same people. I'm not sure, yeah, but... True. Yeah, and so she leaves, and then uh, she thinks everything's good to go, and next thing you know, she gets a bill in the mail, which, if I'm not re- uh, mistaking, it was about 700 bucks or so. So, you know, I went through the procedure. They wound up putting on her credit, and so I went. Th- we went through the procedures of helping her out, you know, to send the proper disputes and viol- uh, debt violations and so forth, and so it 
even went to the escalation where I just handed it over to uh, Samara here, and she took the case on. And so tell me about how kind of that violation went on there, Samara. Yeah, no, I take my cases on a contingency basis, uh, which means is that I don't get paid until uh, we see the results. So what we happened was we sued, and the company did not have any viable reason as to why it was producing or generating a letter saying that she owed money, which, in fact, she had gap insurance. So if the car was in any way, shape, or form damaged, it was covered by the gap policy. And she turned it in on time, and she leased another vehicle with the same company. So if there was any balance, they would have put it on to the new automobile. But, you know, like I said, there's sometimes honest mistakes, and sometimes there's just companies that don't want to be honorable. And I don't know which one this was, except that they really, she suffered a lot because she had perfect, perfect credit. Yes, that she did. And we did give them a chance. I mean, because, yes. I mean, we sent out certified letters to the creditor. We sent it out to the credit bureau. So they did get a chance to correct that, and they did not. So look out for if you have gap insurance, everyone. Um, you know, I've had this case, uh, heard it many a times over the years. So to wrap that up, uh, if you have gap insurance and you get in the accident, make sure you keep paying the monthly payments until the gap insurance kicks in and pays that off or that difference. If they refuse to, then, of course, you want to reach out to the um, company themselves and along with the credit bureaus to, you know, you want to check your credit, make sure they didn't report it as well. So a lot of gap insurance violations out there that, you know, lands on your credit as well. So we'll be back. Um, I'm in the studio with Samara. I am your host, John Wilkinson, with the Financial Truths. We'll be back, everybody. Stay tuned. Our legal plans offers toll-free phone consultation on personal legal matters, letters slash phone calls, will preparation and more. All legal plans provide a guaranteed 10 to 25% discount on legal services not otherwise covered by the plan. We realize how difficult it can be to keep a business going in today's market. Having an attorney available for the legal situations known to arise in the business environment gives peace of mind to run a business with less worry. The business legal plan can help with contract and document review debt collection, contract disputes, trial defense, partnerships, consumer fraud, workers' compensation, incorporation, and much more. Call 772-348-4011 for more information. Again that's 772-348-4011. The Southern Sportsman Show is proudly brought to you by the Fish Florida Association. With your membership, you'll save time and money and get to choose from over 45 member benefits, services, and exposure for your business. Not to mention you get to be a big part of giving back to conservation, preservation, and charities working hard out there to make a difference. To get signed up, visit the Fish Florida mobile app or fishfloridaassociation.com. Is your credit less than perfect? Worried about getting ripped off by a credit repair company? Look no further. Credit Solution Programs is a nonprofit credit education and consumer advocates company with credit score improvement service that uses consumer credit rights under federal and state laws. Visit our site at creditproblemsolve.org or call 866-850-9360. Again, 
www.creditproblemsolve.org or call 866-850-9360. Looking for faith-based solutions to challenges you're experiencing in your life? Meet Rev. Dr. Sean Alexander, who's been recognized as the head of Chaplains International. He is a member of the clergy, a diplomat of the National Board of Christian Clinical Therapists, a board-certified supervisor, and a presidential member of the American Association of Christian Counseling. Dr. Sean can provide pastoral counseling and coaching for adults and children. As a Christian, there is nothing more important than to walk the path that God has for you in your life and business and to achieve the things that Christ has for you in your life. To book a pastoral counseling appointment, please visit drshawnalexander.org. Good morning, Florida. John Wilkinson, your host, The Financial Truth. I am in the studio today. Samara, she is a consumer protection attorney. So I've been doing credit repair. We could say credit repair. I call it credit uh, corrections or, you know, exercising consumer rights under state and federal laws. That's what it's called. (laughs) All right. To put it nice and easy. All right. So I've been doing that full time 14 years and I finally found the right consumer protection attorney. I have went through like over a dozen of them because they usually practice different areas of law. And with consumer protection attorneys, they do not get paid up front. They get paid on contingency. So what does that mean? That means if they do not win your case, they do not get paid. So they build their fees into the case, right? And so they get the opponent, right, that would be the defendant, to pay for those attorney fees, including the violations, the fees of the violations as well. So we're talking today about the different violations with uh, Samara. Thank you for coming into the studio today, Samara. Thank you. Thank you. All right. And so we were talking about the different kind of violations. We talked about gap insurance violations, uh, how, you know, the gap insurance either doesn't cover it um, and you wind up getting collection or default on your credit or how they do cover it and wind up billing you maybe for what they paid, or there could be all kind of different violations when it comes to that. So you always wanted to make sure you exercise your rights and look through the details of that contract. And so we also talk about collection companies contacting you outside of the hours of 9 a.m. versus and 8 p.m., and it's in your time zone, not the time zone of the collection company. It's the time zone that you live in so if they emailed you outside of those hours if they called you text you anything outside of those hours that is a violation under the fair debt collections practice act so let's move on to other different kind of collections or shall i say violations that we consistently see so the first thing of course we said Get a copy of your credit report, right? So the credit report, to me, needs to come from the credit bureaus and not from, like, a third-party credit monitoring service such as Credit Karma or, I don't know, there's there's all kind of different ones, identity uh, credit check total and so forth. Uh, would you agree with that, uh, Samara? Yeah, I would. 
Okay, so what we're doing is we're getting the credit reports. We're ordering those from the credit bureaus. They have an 800 number you can call. You can go to annualcreditreport.com and apply there. Uh, You can send a letter in and just requesting it. So you're entitled to at least one credit report per year, free credit report. Uh, And there's other stipulations that you're entitled to additional credit reports if you meet certain stipulations as well. So you'll get the credit report. Yes, it's, you know, a lot of pages. And to me, they even made it more difficult to read to the consumer uh, with this trending data and everything. So. Uh, so you get the credit report, you start going through it, and you want to look and make sure everything is reporting correctly, accurately, right? And so if you see anything on your credit report that you're unsure of, right, then you want to go back and investigate and try to find out, uh, is that your account? Uh, what's, uh, what's the matter with the account? Is it reporting uh, incorrect uh, limit, balance, um, high, you know, high uh, your limit on your credit card or so forth because those everything that's on your credit reporting pretty much most of the stuff that's on the accounts are affecting your credit scores so anything that you see you must send a dispute to the credit bureau saying that you know whatever you see that's inaccurate right on your credit report to give the creditor a chance to correct it because correct me if i'm wrong samara there's no violation until you actually uh, take action to get them a chance to correct it. Well, let, let me put it to this way. There could be a violation, and that would be an EB violation, but the best violations are under I, Section I of the statute, which means is that when you send out that letter, they have a duty to investigate, and they usually do not do a reasonable investigation. So they basically what they do from there is they send an e-Oscar, which is basically an email form to the furnisher, which is the bank or the lender, and saying, is this correct or is this not correct? And it's sometimes answered automatically. We've discovered in just taking depositions that sometimes they're answering automatically, and there's not even a human person reviewing it. In the old days, which is not, um, it's still done, is they send it out to India, they send it out to Costa Rica, they send it out to Jamaica, but uh, they're getting trying to get cheaper and cheaper, and they have no real interest in correcting credit reports in the sense of that it doesn't make them any money. That's the biggest problem. Right. So we talk about it doesn't make them any money. So can you elaborate on that to give the audience an understanding of how they're making money off of our data? Yes. What they do is basically we are the product, and they sell us and our information to the lenders. And the more negative information they have about us, the better they look, the better they represent themselves. So if you had an account, and this is where it gets really complicated for them, is if you're John Smith and your father's John Smith or your cousin is John Smith and one of you has similar dates of birth, then it it just turns into a knot for them because they can't distinguish which, which John Smith is which. And sometimes in these big buildings, 
where you have a lot of apartments, you can have more than one John Smith, and they can get messed up because the address is the same except for the apartment number. So there, that's really what's happening is that you see them not being efficient and handling the data. I mean, there's statistics out there like there's 320 million people on, in the United States, and yet there's like 600 million credit reports. How can you have 600 million credit reports if everybody has one social security number and one name and one date of birth? And you, you wouldn't expect that, yet it happens. Right. So people can get very frustrated and not know where to turn, and that's what you do, John. You provide them with financial advice, and, and when they see that it turns into a more uh, complex case, I'm here to file them. Exactly. So what she's talking about, so everybody understands, is it's called a merge file, right? So, So if you're a junior, a third, or whatever, so what the credit agencies, you would think, okay, well, nobody has the same social security number, right? You know, so how can they mix it up? Well, guess what, everybody? They're not using your entire social security number. They're using seven digits out of your social security number. So the seven digits match. And they don't even have to be in a consequent order, meaning that in order. So any of the seven digits that are in your social. So if you've got the same seven digits in your father's social or your son's social, there's a big chance that your credit files are going to be merged and get mixed up. Right. And so we even had a case, another case that she was talking about to what we had in particular. Uh, this didn't go to her because we actually got it straightened out is where we had somebody that had five credit files, <laughs> five with the same credit bureau, five credit. So he had to contact the bureaus. It took us a couple months to finally get them all done. But he had to merge it. They had to merge all that data into one file. You know, so so stuff was reporting over here and over there, and he was trying to buy a house, and he wasn't getting credit for you know because he was a good purchase, you know, good consumer, keep trying to keep his credits track, and it was a mess. So if you're going to be a if you're going to name your son a junior or you're a, or a third or keep it going. You know, be aware of that. We see that all the time where the father's or the son's information is on one another's credit report as well. You know, so um, other violations, any kind of other violations you can think of or let us know right off, uh, Samara? Oh, my goodness. They come in so many flavors and so many different uh, patterns. I have uh, a case now where they're twin sisters and um, they have very similar names. Uh, and they each have very similar social security numbers, and it's just one of those ironic things that happens that all of the sister's information is on her credit report, and she can't refinance the house. Wow. I I think what I'd like to tell your audience the most is, if in doubt, review your credit report with with the professional and make sure that all of the information is correct. And if you're trying to recover your credit... Uh, I do recommend you, John, because you will do an honorable job and and tell the people the truth on how to rebuild their credit. And it's not just repairing credit. I think it's rebuilding credit. It's a two-part phase. Yes. I know that though that uh, consumer law is not a popular area of law, there's not a lot of lawyers that do what I do, and we need to let the word get out. People with problems with credit need to know that there's help. 
Yes, that there is. I mean, there's all kind of help. I mean, be careful when you go to what you think might be a professional. Um, if they say they're a credit repair agency and they're a professional, you know, look at. I um, mean, you can go to Better Business Bureau, which I don't care a lot about, but they are a private review company. Um, look for any complaints with the federal government. Uh, the consumer, what's it, what's it called, That uh, the one that governs us now? It used to be the FTC, the uh, Federal Trade Commission. Now it is the Consumer Protection Bureau, correct? Yes. Okay, so look and see if there's any complaints to that company from them. Uh, see how long they've been in a business, things of that nature. Do your homework first. Um, and within doubt, you can always reach out to us, you know, uh, creditproblemsolved.org. We are a nonprofit company, and we do not charge until there's actual results as well. So just like Samara, you're, only, you're getting what you paid for, in other words. Uh, with Samara, you don't have to pay her because she gets paid by the defendant. But when you pay us, you're getting the results first before you make the payment, which is a great thing. So there is the, what we call the Credit Repair Organizational Act, which we, you know, we mention quite often on the show because uh, it is a federal statute that says credit repair, organizational, credit repair organizations cannot take money up front for the service of credit repair without service rendered. All right. So going back, to, we're about to take a quick break. We'll come back, talk about some more violations in the last quarter here. Uh, this is John Wilkinson with the Financial Truths. We'll be back, everybody. Credit Solution Experts is a proud vendor and a member of the Fish Florida Association. They are offering help with credit repair, credit counseling, business lines of credit, loans, and more. Please reach out and give them a call today. They can help. Just call 954-318-2923 or visit them on the web at credit-repair-professions.com. Everyone at Fish307.com would like to take a moment to thank you, their customers, for your business and trust throughout the years, which have allowed Fish307 to become one of the worldwide leaders in the recreational fishing industry. Fish307.com is your number one resource to take care of all your fishing tackle needs and so much more. On their website, you can also find great tips and tricks to make your fishing experiences more fun. Check them out at Fish307.com today. They have all kinds of great values waiting. So remember, Fish307.com. All of us at the Southern Sportsman are proud to promote Forever Outdoors, which is working hard to make a difference. You can find them on Facebook and the Fish Florida mobile app. Every donation benefits organ donations and saving lives around the world. Thank you, Rob Robinson, for the work you've done to save lives. Donate today. Every dollar counts. The Fish Florida Association is here for you during these difficult times. When you join FFA, they'll work together with you to help your business with exposure, promotion, advertising, marketing, and services that will save your company hundreds, if not thousands, of dollars for just a $199 setup fee and $19.95 monthly service fee. To join, just go to fishfloridaassociation.com or give them a call at 561-900-4283. Hey, folks, this is Captain Terry here to talk to you about Hooked on Heroes. 
Heroes. Hooked on Heroes is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. 100% of donations go to take veterans on fishing trips. Hooked on Heroes takes 250 to 300 veterans on one-day fishing trips twice a year. You can donate to this great cause through their website at hookedonheroes.com or call Ron at 386-364-9589. That's Ron at 386-364-9589. They need your help getting rods and reels and leader and other fishing items for these fishing trips. All the veterans at Hooked on Heroes want to thank you in advance for your support. During these difficult times, the National Single Parents Resource Center has expanded to help anyone who would like to get the facts to deal with everyday challenges, especially during this pandemic. If you or someone you know needs a caring and compassionate ear or someone to talk to, please reach out to our vendor, Coach Judy, who has been honored nationally for her work in coaching. Please give her a call at 561-441-8557 or visit her site at coachjudy.info. Hi, it's Tori DeVito. In every family, small conversations can make a big impact. I grew up on tour with my parents. Kind of different, but we bonded over music just like other families do over sports, camping, or other interests. And we talked. Little everyday conversations from silly to serious that built a foundation over time. Honest conversations, like when my dad shared his experiences as an alcoholic. Your honesty about that part of your life gave me a sense of integrity that I wanted to uphold in my own life. And I was so grateful that you and mom had become these sober, stable people who were always there for me. I wanted you to know from someone who's been in recovery more than 30 years now, that hard work is what creates success, not alcohol or other drugs, whether it's music or anything else. I said it a lot, and I'm glad you took it to heart. Talk, they hear you. For more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, visit underagedrinking.samhsa.gov. Good morning, Florida. John Wilkinson, your host in the studio, The Financial Truths. I am in the studio today. Well, she's on the phone technically, but with Samara. She is a consumer protection attorney I have been using or we have been using for some time, quite a few years now. And we're talking about consumer rights as it relates to your personal credit report. All right, so we were talking about the different violations, you know, when uh, third-party collection companies, they're only allowed to ca- call you, I believe it's only twice a day. Um, original creditors can call you more often than that, but they cannot call you, I believe it's, uh, you know, to a harassing state. Um, also, we're talking about they can't contact you before 8 a.m., or sorry, before... No, before 9 a.m. and no, no, after no. 8 a.m.? No, no, no. It's before 8 a.m. and until 9 p.m. Oh, okay. So I got them backwards. <laughs> Sorry. I know it's just two numbers. So, okay. So before they cannot contact you before 8 a.m. and after 9 p.m., not via email, not via text, not via phone, uh, not at And I believe on Sundays they cannot contact you as well. All right, and um, they cannot leave a message if they know it. They're not positive that it's not your phone number. They cannot say it's from a collection company. Uh, you need to, if they're contacting you and you want them to quit, you can tell them to quit via phone. Uh, one of the things uh, a litigation attorney we had in here on the first show, he said, he goes, oh, well, they're going to tell you that the phone call is going to be recorded. And you can say, oh, well, okay, well, I'm going to record the phone call, too, because <laughs> it's my right. And, to, you know, and I'm telling you because I'm in the state of Florida. You know? <laughs> and if they don't like it, then 
they can hang up. But anyway, so there's all kind of different rights that the consumer has, and we want to get this information for you can exercise your rights under federal and state laws. Right. So if you want to hear more about this, you know, in our other shows, you can go to the credit problem dot org forward slash radio dash show. All right. To listen to the other uh, broadcast that we had earlier. So this show is about consumer rights, about how not to get ripped off and how to exercise your rights under federal and state laws. All right. So. Again, there's so many different things to look out for, from the envelope, what's printed on the front, the envelopes that can't say it's coming from a collection company, uh, to they have to notify on the, um, in the letter itself, usually at the bottom or sometimes on the back, but they have to put the mini Miranda, this is from a debt collection company, um, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, same thing when I believe they uh, talk to you on the phone as well, they have to disclose that as well. So there's so many different rights that everybody has. Uh, we talked about 120-day rolling on mortgages, so it doesn't go into a default status to start your seven-year mark to go off the credit, right? So, and we see a lot of that happen. Uh, gap insurance, um, where the gap insurance uh, doesn't pay in time or cover and causes credit damages. Um, so there's on and on and on and on. Um, any last words you want to talk about, uh, Samara, when it comes to violations? Yes. One of the important points is that the seven years on your credit report is different than the statute of limitations. They only have five years from the date of last payment to file a lawsuit in court. So people always ask me, why is it still on my credit report after five years? Well, because it's a different statute. And then also I get asked, why am I being sued if it's after five years? Well, they can't. That is a complete violation under the Fair Debt Collection Practices Act because the debt is no longer collectible. So I, those are some of the violations that we've highlighted, and I'm hoping that consumers realize that there's a lot, lots and lots of rights and that you can get your credit score back no matter how bad it is. That's very true. So you heard it here first. You have all kind of different rights. And what Samara is talking about, the judgment, right, is if they're filing a lawsuit, this is state-specific called a statute of limitations, right? So it's five yeah. years in the state of Florida they can file suit against you. And if they say anything like in the letter, collection letter, and it's been out there five years, that, hey, we could possibly sue you or – um, any kind of like threats like that uh, about lawsuit and it's outside the statute of limitations violations right potential yes, potential absolutely. violations yeah right. so yes. it's like it's like everybody says something about my credit uh to their credit and you know, i said well everything's you know it can you know everything's uh every, nothing's a fact you know it's all you know uh potential you know considerations yeah, yeah. case-by-case well, basis well, you know, it's not always a slam dunk. Sometimes this is cutting-edge law that we're making. So it's not like other types of areas of law, like divorce, for example. We know it's 50-50, and it settles a lot of what child support is going to be based on the guidelines, and it's a lot more settled law than this. Right. So it's a lot of gray area, in other words. Yeah, correct. Right. So... 
You know, it's just like, uh, oh, they got to do a reasonable investigation. Well, what's a reasonable investigation? You know, you right. sending data through the Metro 2 and saying verify this information, right, through the eOscar system, you know. Um, so, and they just click a button and say, yeah, we verified it. And <laughs> when they didn't do anything, <laughs> really. Right. And so there's all kind of different things like that. And, you know, there's been cases and cases where I talked about last time, Equifax hack, right? Equifax got hacked, right? Because, you know, which I did a big article on and everything else. And, you know, I sat down and configured. I said, okay, they had to pay all these millions of dollars because they got hacked. And it happened to so many millions of consumers. Well, guess what? It equaled $3 per consumer, Three dollars is what mm-hmm. they paid to get hacked your information. So the less your credit score, or if you have bad credit, you know your your credit file, so to speak, is not up to par. And a collection or a creditor comes to that credit bureau to buy your information and say, "Hey, every, every people with awful credit in this area, give me their data." Well, they're potentially going to make more money off of that, right? Because they get, they know that that creditor is going to charge a higher interest to that consumer. Absolutely. Right. So it's behooved them for you to have bad credit because if somebody you've got prime, right, your A plus credit, right, and you're a seven plus seven twenty plus credit score, or whatever, and they go to sell that data, well, that data is not going to have as much value because they're not going to get that high interest rates on their credit cards because they're prime people, right, prime, you know, in the different category, right? So they might actually sell that data for less, you know, for, to the, from the prime consumers, so to speak, right? So to me, it's like, okay, well, we're collecting all this data, Right. I never signed anything with the credit bureaus. Right. To do business with them. But yet they have all my information that they got for free. And now they're selling that information off. Wow. What a scam. (laughs) I don't know. You know, and there's so many different credit agencies nowadays between the LexisNexis. And then we had the utilities and telecommunications uh, bureau as well, where they're collecting, you know, people that's being late on their cable bill or utilities bill and then we have the big boys the main ones equifax experian transunion that most people go to but there's a lot of different little ones out there as well that you know they saw what the three big boys are doing <laughs> and so they said okay well hey we can get this uh information for data for free and sell it off and make money like them as well so it's it's crazy so first thing get your credit report get it for free Check it out from the credit bureaus, not from a third party, right? See if everything's reporting correctly on there. If everything's reporting correctly, even if you have, let's say some people say come to me, oh, but everything on my credit is reporting accurately. I said, but yeah, but you still have consumer rights, right? So you have a medical collection on your credit. Yeah, you went to the medical, uh, to the doctor and so forth, right? So yes, you had the bill. But you still have consumer rights to, uh, for the, the – it's called debt validation, right? So you want to validate that debt, right, to make sure everything is accurate. You got charged properly and so forth, right, that they're reporting correctly. When it went into default status, now they have a new – federal government came out with a new right for consumers that – 
Medical collections cannot go into the credit until six months after default. So it gives the insurance uh, companies time to figure it out, right, of paying the bills and so forth. I mean, I've seen it happen time and time again. People have medical insurance, but they still get medical collections. So anyway, any last words, America? We've got to wrap it up today. Well, I want to thank you for letting me be on the show and always know that there's hope if you're having financial difficulties or, or credit problems that it's just one day at a time. And that's the only way we're going to get through this epidemic, as a matter of fact, one day at a time. So okay. Stay strong. Oh, excellent. And how can any, everybody get in contact with you if they need to, Samara? If they're welcome to call my office at 305-860-1221. And please mention that you heard me on the radio. Excellent. You heard out. Reach out to Samara, or if you have any other credit issues, you can go to creditproblemsolved.org, a nonprofit credit counseling company. We would help you out. This is John Wilkinson with the Financial Truths, and we're out. Thank you, for everyone, for listening.